Hello and welcome to episode 17 of North Point Plus. I am joined by not Chris Carter. Ooh, can that be like, can I get that on a card or a t-shirt? Yeah, I'm going to put it on the little bumper in the bottom. <laughs> not Chris Carter. <laughs> not Chris Carter. <laughs> That's your official title. Henceforth, <laughs> we're changing it on the website. <laughs> Every time you do announcements, that's going up on the slides. Not Chris Carter. I like it. Not Chris Carter. I like it. Uh, Chris isn't feeling too well, so we got the next best thing. Not Chris Carter. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. <laughs> next best thing feels like an honor, too. Wow. It is. It should, it should feel like a compliment. Yeah. Put that on the back <laughs> of the t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar, this is our follow-up podcast to Sunday mornings. We have our gatherings, uh, and then this podcast lets us dig into a bunch of questions, continue the conversations, and just talk about mostly nonsense, and hopefully it's a little bit beneficial for the people that are watching. Just a little. If not, maybe entertaining. Yeah, there you go. If not that, maybe a time waster. <laughs> yeah. This is <laughs> like the, the, the good thing to watch during lunch when you got nothing else going on. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of what we're going for. Yeah, keep okay. it on in the background if you're cleaning or whatever it might be. <laughs> I'm sitting the bar real low for 2022. <laughs> <We're> Sneaking in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but we kicked off a new series this week uh, called Let Me Think, and Chris kicked that off. Yeah. So normally I would ask Chris to explain that. No. Do you have any explanation for this new series well, that we're doing? I was like most people, and I watched from home. <laughs> <laughs> I know the weather was bad, and we had like a lot more people watching online, which is great. We love fun. that we have that capability, quality yep. online content now. Um, but yeah, I had the day off. So I was watching from home with two screaming children, <laughs> learning about Proverbs and, and things like that, like everybody else, Yeah, which was great. Which I was great. It. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So we're, we're in this new series where we're going through Proverbs for the next two months. Uh, we're inviting everyone to read through a proverb a day. Um, it's really easy to catch up. You don't even really need to catch up. Nope. So this podcast comes out on January 4. So if you wanted to start then, read Proverbs 4. Boom. If you miss a few Proverbs and you want to read again on January 8, Read Proverbs 8. If you're wired like me and that would literally destroy you <laughs> to skip, then, yeah, you might need to cover out some time in your day to catch up. That's okay. <laughs> There's space for people like me. Yeah, I mean, there is. We'll make it through somehow yeah. by the grace of God. <laughs> Stress reading through Proverbs. <laughs> That's Sounds how we're fun, supposed Mark. to read the Bible. <laughs> That's the freedom of Jesus. <laughs> there it is. That's how it works. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, but we're really talking about wisdom. That's, I mean, Proverbs talks about that uh, in the intro. Uh, Solomon talks about wanting to pass on wisdom from a father to a son. Uh, these are sayings of wisdom. Uh, so Chris did a great job unpacking all of that, and uh, we get to botch all of it as we answer questions. Without Sorry, us. Chris, for <laughs> everything that's about to happen here. We love you. Feel better soon. This is what happens when you get sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll learn. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. He'll enjoy it. <laughs> he'll enjoy it. We won't. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. We uh, questions. We did get a bunch of questions. Right. Um, so I just want to, we'll, we'll go through these and we will attempt to be as crisp as possible mm. <laughs> as we answer them. Mm. Uh, so the first question is, a, is a, hopefully a softball. I guess it depends on how you might take it. You just made it. It's going to be like a 10 minute answer <laughs> now because you said that. That's how that happens. Oh, man. If it's 10 minutes, we have, we're, we're starting over. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're just going to start over and re record. Uh, the first question comes in and talks about uh, this idea of wisdom. Mm hmm. What are one or two things that have helped you develop wisdom over the years of your life? Nice. So you can pick one thing or two things, maybe even three things. Yeah, yeah. Help develop wisdom. Um, one is experience, right? Like experience is one of the greatest teachers experience of all time. Experience is a harsh teacher. So hard, right? <laughs> pain teaches lots of lessons, that's for Certainly sure. Certainly does. Uh, so does joy, but pain really, really settles it in. So I would say experience yeah. is one. Um, and then I would say... Uh, stories, other people's stories. Yep. I love hearing stories. And so 
Uh, I think part of a big principle and wisdom is if you can learn it from somebody else's experiences, you don't have to experience that pain. Yes. Wow. That's a great, great It's thing. super nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the two I'm stealing. I don't know what you're coming up with, but those uh, are the two I'm taking. I was basically going to say the same thing. I mean, for me, um, I put, as I was taking notes, parents and life groups. <laughs> yeah. Just hearing other people's stories is the biggest thing. Like I can look back now on the nuggets of wisdom that I know my parents were attempting to drop in my teenage brain and my teenage attempting brain was like, to drop. man, <laughs> I don't need that. I know everything. Yeah. And now I can look back on them and be like, oh my gosh, if I had just listened mm. to what they said, it would have spared me so much pain yeah. <laughs> from the experience that I yeah. had. Uh, and from life, just doing life with people too. Life groups is a great way of just hearing people's stories where you can share each other's stories. And I know that Jake's going through this thing. And it's like, wow, like I can see Jake walk through that and I can, you can pass on wisdom from that and say like, Hey, this is the stuff that we did and it worked really well, or it really didn't work well. And then I can apply that to my life yeah. when I go through that same exact thing and not have to go through it alone or go through it. Like I've never experienced that before because i kind of have experienced it through the people around me yeah um and i remember doing that even like in high school watching my brothers go through things and have arguments with my parents or have hard uh breakups in their relationships and i remember taking mental notes like they look like they're really in pain <laughs> i want to avoid that <laughs> so yeah. mental note <laughs> yeah yeah that's good that's good so hey there you go there you go Listen to your parents. A little wisdom to begin with. Hey. <laughs> um, so one of the things that uh, Chris had talked about that I'm really glad he addressed because it addresses something that really bothers me about how <laughs> Christians especially tend like to talk about three feet away this. and I can feel the tension. Oh, and it bothers it me. Yeah. Uh, so whenever we talk about the fear of the Lord, yeah. the, the default that everyone always says is, oh, the fear of the Lord, to fear the Lord means you... Re- you revere him. That's all it means. Yeah. God just wants reverence. There's nothing else about that. So fear is basically just reverence. The problem with that that always bothers me is there is another word for reverence. <laughs> yes. They don't say reverence. No. They say fear. And that's echoed all throughout Proverbs. And Chris talked about that. That fear, there really is this actual element of fear, terror, being afraid of something when yeah. it comes to God. And so uh, one of the questions we got is, in what does that look like in practical terms to fear the Lord. This person referenced uh, my message the week before where I talked about my dogs. When I come home and my dogs have done something wrong, my dogs fear me. <laughs> where they avoid contact, they avoid eye contact, they, they want nothing to do with me because they fear those coming consequences. Yeah. So in practical terms, when it comes to f- fearing the Lord and having that develop wisdom, what does that look like yeah. for us? Yeah, I think it starts with just this idea of understanding the power and the authority of who God is. Um, a lot of times it's easy to put God in our box of our own understanding. Or oh, Hey, Siri, we're not talking to you. <laughs> Siri's joining in with us today. Yeah, uh, but it's this putting God in this box of, of our understanding of who he is and what he's capable of. Yeah. And when we come to the recognition that that is way too small for God, mm-hmm. uh, that he can do what he wants to do, right? That's the whole sovereignty of God. Right. His way is right. And it's natural because whatever he does is the right thing. Right. Um, and he's endless in power and authority. So when we recognize that that level of ownership that he has over us, right. uh, there is a healthy level of fear in that. And right. I think that is good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me, too, of um, I can't remember the specific passage where Jesus talks about it, but Jesus is talking about fear 
and talks about why do you fear man mm-hmm. who can only kill the body right. when God can destroy your body and your soul. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's where that healthy level of fear comes in. Yeah. It's like God is the one who has total power, total control, total ownership, however you want to phrase it, mm-hmm. of everything. And so recognizing that through fear of like, hey, like I recognize, we were joking before, I'm afraid of sharks in the ocean yeah. because sharks have power over me in the yep. ocean. I yep. am powerless against them. Yep. I respect their distance. I revere them in their domain. And so in that same way, that's how we can look at God where he has that sense of power in this domain. And at the same time, like Chris talked about in his message, you have this fear of the Lord where you recognize and you understand that. And God invites you in and says, don't be afraid. Right. Like I offer you love, mercy, gentleness, kindness. Like that's the relationship that you have with God. So it is this weird balance of recognizing the power that God has. And I think Chris talked about in his message where the point that he had was it's, it's recognizing and assigning the right placement of God in, uh, I don't know how we would phrase it, in the world, how you yeah. see him. Um, so how that looks practically is recognizing that God has power. There's a healthy level of fear that comes with that. And that God is good. Right. And so God wants you to be in relationship with him. Right. Yeah, I think is, I think of Isaiah, right? The yeah. prophet Isaiah sees God yeah. and is immediately just like blown away. Yep. And not only is there, there fear there, but there's the recognition of how unworthy he is. Yep. But yet, in spite of that, and even though God is amazing and powerful and big and, mm. and, and holy and all of these things that we're not, yep. God still invites Isaiah in. Yeah. Right. Puts the coal on his lips. You're you're now mine. You're my ambassador. You're my you're gonna speak on my behalf. Like yep. man, that's incredible to know on the one hand how big and fearful we should be of God. Yep. But how loving he is that we're invited and it's just perfectly meshed together. Yeah. It's nothing like it. Yeah. Well that's <laughs> I've had this thought bouncing around my head for the last week of just like, it makes such a big difference when you know that God is good. Yeah. Like you can think of the most powerful people in the world, the president of the United States, president of Russia, president of China. Those people have power Mm -hmm. and there's fear associated with the power that they have, but it makes such a difference when that leader is good. Right. And so you can look at God who has ultimate power, but God's so good. (laughs) Like he wants us to know that he continually says, I'm a good God. Right. I'm just jealous, merciful, kind, loving, all that. So that makes such a difference when you look at that healthy level of fear that God is also good. Makes all the difference, at least Love to me. It. Yeah. All right. This next question comes from Curious Carl. Nice. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> um, was Solomon wiser than Christ? So this question comes... From, uh, Chris uh, set up a lot of great context and talked about how Solomon was gifted this wisdom from God, and God said, "There will no one, there will never be anyone like Solomon. Right. No one is wise as Solomon." And here comes Jesus. Oh man, to to mess things up. Is that a contradiction in the Bible? Did God lie? Yeah, I think it's one of those things. You just kind of wish that there was a verse in the Bible that spoke directly to this. You know. That would be really nice. Wouldn't it be nice? And in fact, there is. Oh! <laughs> hey, oh. Look at that. Uh, I think it's Matthew 12. Uh, um, actually, I have to pull that. Let me pull it up really quick. Uh, yeah, don't, don't lead people astray here, Mark. <laughs> We're going to write it. Get on question. your Google and let's Matthew go. Matthew 12, 42. Oh, yeah, there you go. Jesus says um, that he's implying about himself. Mm-hmm. He's answering this question uh, to the scribes and the Pharisees um, that they're wishing to see a sign. 
So the scribes and Pharisees come to Jesus and say, like, hey, if you're the son of God, like, prove it. Show us a sign. Uh, And so he talks about (coughs) Jonah, and then he talks about Solomon uh, and says that, behold, something greater than Solomon is here. As if to imply, that's me. (laughs) I am the one greater than Solomon. Um, So it's an understandable question because Jesus is, it's, it's so hard to wrap our minds around the concept of Jesus being truly God and truly man at the same time. And Jesus is a baby and he's born and it says that he learned like he grows in wisdom right in stature at some point but yet also he's jesus right and he says i'm greater than Solomon." yeah he's the god man there's just no there's no trump card so that's above jesus (laughs) yeah yeah and it's cool that the bible actually addresses it and like right jesus says hey there you go like trying to make it clear for y'all yeah right (laughs) let's love it when you're waiting for a better king that's solomon yeah that's jesus All right, here's, a, here's an interesting question. Um, why is wisdom portrayed as a woman? Mm. So throughout the book of Proverbs, uh, Solomon talks about wisdom and often references wisdom yeah. as this woman, this lady who takes care of her house, who takes care of her land, who takes care and makes wise decisions. And why is it a lady? Well, if you've ever been on the internet and seen the dumb things that guys do in packs... <laughs> Then you recognize that wisdom could not be a man, right? I've seen enough fail videos to know that wisdom can't be a man. And most of those have to do with men, so therefore wisdom cannot be masculine, (laughs) right? Yeah, that's that's not really it at all. That's the crystal clear answer. Yeah, right, right. Uh, The language answer uh, is quite simple, right? In Hebrew, um, just like in a lot of languages, uh, Spanish, whatever, like you have masculine and feminine uh, nouns and verbs and all yep. that, and uh, when it comes to wisdom, it's a it's feminine. Yep, that's the that's the really boring answer. No, that's a, it's I not always feel exciting. It's interesting diving into these answers because I kn- like I know even I want them to be this yeah. exciting revelation, and it's like oh, it's just it's just language. <laughs> it's just yeah. words are words are feminine or masculine in Hebrew, <clears throat> and wisdom is feminine, right? And uh, there's certainly part of that that gets built up by the culture. Like uh, we had talked earlier that we even do this. Um, uh, in American culture or Western culture, when we talk about like cars or boats, mm-hmm. like oh she's oh, she's she broke down, or we got to bring her into port. It's like well, yeah. it's a boat, <laughs> right? It's not a it's right. not a girl, yeah, or a boy, yeah. It's a boat. So w- it, it, some of that gets built up in in Proverbs and in other um, in other books of the Bible where things are referred to as masculine or feminine when they're not. They're just words right. or concepts or principles. Um, but the the boring answer is. It's language. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how it's written. Yeah. Sorry, there's nothing more real exciting about that one, but we could invent something more exciting. We could. We could make uh, something up, but that'd be that's the a last podcast we ever did. <laughs> that's true. So. This is why we need Chris. Yeah. Chris right. rein us in. <laughs> All right. This question comes in from Bayman Royer, friend of the show, friend of many the people. <laughs> friend of the people. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I, I got to stop. <laughs> I can't go anymore. Um, so Bayman Royer wants to know, why do people or why do we think people take Proverbs as a guarantee? Mm-hmm. So this is one of the things Chris addressed in his, in his message as well, is that one of the things we should not do with Proverbs is take them as absolute promises. That <clears throat> in Proverbs, when it says, do this and this will happen, that's not saying every single time you do this, this will happen. It's just saying, in principle, right. this is a wise principle to follow but why do we struggle with that why do people 
Yeah. Continue to take Proverbs as promises. I think it's because we like the black and white so much, right? Yeah. Like we like things to be clear. We like to know if I do this, this will happen. Uh, if I invest my money, I get a return, right? Like we want that thing. We want that to be there. We want yep. the guarantee um, at all times. And so I think it's just human nature to struggle with the gray. Yep. Um, and so I think when we read the Proverbs, like we are looking for uh, the, the, the the right path that's going to lead us to the happiest life or the easiest yep. life or, or just away from harm even. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, um, that is true most of the time. It's it's not true all of the time because right. that's not how life works. Right. You know. Right. And I th- I think some of it too is we we just forget <laughs> context. Yeah. And that's why that Chris spent so much time outlining and laying out the context leading into Proverbs, why it was written, how it was written, the purpose of it, and all of that. Um, and so when you remember the context that you when you enter into Proverbs that these are proverbs <laughs> these are not promises these mm-hmm. are principles um but it's so easy to take some of these really great verses and then chris mentioned one of them too like train up your child raise up your child in the way he should go and he will never depart from it like that's such an encouraging thing to put on a card and give it to a new parent right train up your child and they'll never depart and that parent thinks wow this is an amazing promise but it's not a promise right it's a proverb right um and so we remember that in that context is it wise and is it a good thing to do to raise up your children to follow the Lord? Yes. And the principle behind that is that if you do that, generally children will follow along with that and, and follow the Lord. And that's a great thing. Right. But it's not a guarantee right. to say that if you do A, result B will always happen. You will never experience C through Z. Those situations are out. Um but yeah, I think we like that comfort of this is a promise. If I do this, God says that he will always do the other promised result. Right. It doesn't work out that way. Can't get God in that kind of contract. No, I've tried. Yeah, right. <laughs> it hasn't worked out doesn't well. doesn't work out that way. <laughs> uh, so we just got a question from Bayman Royer. This next question comes from Raymond Boyer. Oh, wow. Not they to be confused. Get, they should get together sometimes. They, don't, they so don't really similar. get along. They don't? Yeah, I tried. Oh, man, yeah, they're, not, they're not. Shoot. Tight. Yeah, there's something happened there that the grift. It's not worth getting into. Mm. All right. It's, it's a big problem. <laughs> We're working through it though. Uh Ray Boyer asks, <laughs> what is your favorite proverb? So there's thirty one chapters. Yeah. There are many <laughs> proverbs within those chapters. What you got? What's your favorite proverb? I, I had to make sure I was reading the right one. You see me do that? Had it ready to go on my phone right here. Uh, I like Proverbs 4, and I like all the Proverbs, right? Of course. Of course. That's the good Christian of answer. Of course. Every proverb. Every is proverb is the best proverb. <laughs> the one that applies to me and I need today, right? Uh, one that I highlighted years ago and sticks out. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, uh, keep your heart with all vigilance, mm. for from it flow the springs of life. Mm. Guard your heart. Yeah, I mean the Bible's like all over the place that it talks about that. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a huge principle. Um, you yeah, know, what you care about, what you let in, what you uh, what you pour in. Yep, you know, takes place in your heart. And yep, uh, whatever that is, it's what's going to come out of you. It's what's going to going to dictate a lot for you. So guard your heart. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, I picked two because I like to break the rules. Cheater. I know, <clears throat> you know, I know it's a problem. I'm working on it. Um, I love Proverbs fifteen uh, one. Uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath, mm. but a harsh word stirs up anger. I love that principle of like, if you can just, if you're in that heated discussion with someone or you're in this maybe moment where you're trying to give counsel or advice, like if you can just have that gentle answer and it just like dissipates all yeah. of the stress or all all of the 
angst that fills the room like oh that's just that's gold when you can do that and but Are you sure that verse didn't say a sarcastic answer <laughs> i was gonna say makes things usually easier. usually i'm the one that follows the latter half of the verse <laughs> which is that a harsh word stirs up anger yeah. i'm usually on the <laughs> the giving end of harsh uh-huh. words <laughs> yeah. so i like the principle <laughs> And I'll learn to apply it better. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, but my second, the, the one that I love that kind of speaks to uh, this aspect of guarding your heart is um, it relates, and I'll explain it. Uh, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, those who conceal their sin do not prosper, but those who confess and renounce sin find mercy. Mm. Um, and that aspect of guarding your heart, like part of it is realizing that we're going to sin. Yeah. So how do I guard my heart yeah. when I know that I will sin? is to confess that, to be open, to be vulnerable, to do that with the people in my life. That's why life groups are important. That's why good relationships with friends and family are so important is that you need people that you can be open with. That's why it's so cool that we have this amazing relationship with God where I can just confess to God and his answer is always, yeah, you're forgiven. Yeah. That's taken care of. Yeah. Um, but we like to hide <laughs> sin. Sin likes to make us feel like we're alone. We're isolated. We're the only one that struggles with this. We're the only one that's ever done it. And so if anyone were to ever find out, you'd be ruined. Right. And so we just hide it. From the beginning, like that's yep. Adam and Eve, very beginning. It's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody struggles with that. Yeah. Everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I love good. that. It's a good I reminder. Like uh, so these next three questions I think will be quick, okay. but um, they're specific to Proverbs. Proverbs as in the Proverbs we've been reading, which is gotcha. great. So not Chris's message. Gotcha. So part of what we're getting, what we're doing uh, is reading a proverb a day. So if you've been keeping up, you would have read, uh, at, again, if we're posting this on January 4, you would have read or s- start reading the fourth chapter today <laughs> and you've read through. Uh, so we have questions on Proverbs, a proverb in Proverbs 1 and two Proverbs in Proverbs 3 okay. that I think would be interesting to, to discuss and talk through. So okay. uh, Proverbs one twenty six speaks to wisdom mocking us in our calamity when we uh, when we don't listen to the reprimand of wisdom um, does god really mock us what about grace and then they put in a parenthesis not my baby grace oh <laughs> the concept of grace well that, that clears <laughs> so, it out good which is good to good. clarify did you did you read the verse uh you have i it? haven't yet I'll, let me yeah let's pull it up and like just read it too that's that's let's read the Bible together, what a, Mark. What a solid idea! Come on, Proverbs one twenty six. I, and I'm assuming this is referring to wisdom, mm-hmm. will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. Yeah. So, in looking at this, I mean, if you read through the the whole chapter, my takeaway from this was wisdom mocking you. First of all, there's a difference between wisdom laughing at you and God mocking you. Right. Because it's not right. saying God is mocking you. Correct. But I think the concept or the principle of what, of what Solomon is talking about here is that everyone has had that moment in their life where you make a choice and you immediately know it's the wrong mm-hmm. choice mm-hmm. because you can see the right choice yep. <laughs> kind of like staring you right in the face. And it feels like that right choice is laughing at you where yeah. it's like oh my gosh, I can't believe I found myself in this situation and it would have been so easy to just not do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the principle of what's being talked about in Proverbs 1. Yeah, yeah I think you're dead on it. It's hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Like that's, that's, the, that's what this proverb is basically saying yep. when you read it. Like, yeah, it's like when you take the left-hand turn and you're like, oh, shoot, I needed to go right <laughs> immediately. Right. Immediately, right? And whether you're distracted or didn't believe it or whatever it is, it's, it's that. It's just recognizing... Uh, it, it's right there in your face yep. going, come on, come on, come on, man. Come on. 
Come on, man. It's yeah. doing the Joe Biden. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If that's how it helps to picture wisdom, <laughs> picture Joe Biden. Saying, Come, on, Come on, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, this next one, uh, we're skipping Proverbs 2 because all of that's very easy to explain. Apparently, we all understand Proverbs oh, 2 really cool. well. Uh, Proverbs 3 9, I'm going to pull that up, speaks on giving the first fruits. Um, Solomon. Uh, talks about giving the first fruits. Is there more ways to give your first fruits than just tithing to the church? Or is this what we are called to do specifically mm-hmm. in this verse? So to recap, Proverbs 3 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, your vats will be filled bursting with wine. Um so should we talk about what first fruits means? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like when that, that maybe the context, right? That's context helpful. is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh first fruits would have been as they're uh, gathering the harvest um throughout months or weeks or whatever coming into it. Uh, it's it's the very first thing that comes up that they're giving it back to God and being able to say, Hey God, this is yours, with the idea that they're trusting God to provide every need that comes after that. Yeah. So it's the first, the best, uh, what you've got, you're giving immediately to God saying, God, this is yours, and I'm trusting that what comes behind it, you're going to provide for it, yep. you're going to take care of that. And that, that's kind of the concept of the first fruits. Is there anything I'm leaving out on that one? No, I think I think that makes sense. Yeah. And, and again, understanding that this is written in the context of the Israelite understanding of tithing first fruits, that, they were, that was a requirement right. under the law, right. tithe, Give your first fruits, give your tithe to the church to support the priests so that the priests don't have to work. That was that cultural setup. Um, yeah. So, in terms of uh, are there more ways to do first fruits giving or tithing other than just giving to the church? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, that I think, I'm trying to, to not speak too far ahead of myself, but I think the general expectation or the general encouragement, at least, especially in the New Testament, is be generous. Everywhere. Right. Be generous to your church, be generous to your family, be generous to your friends, be generous to local businesses, be generous to those that are hurting, be generous to widows and orphans, be generous. Yeah, which I think That's is actually the, the New Testament when you study that. Um, it's actually a higher bar yeah. than the Old Testament. The Old Testament was, you know, like your tithe, your 10%, your first fruits, all that. Yep. And the New Testament is just like, hey, don't don't love money. Right. Don't love stuff. Like, be incredibly generous. Be known for your generosity. Right. Just give, 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 give. Right. Not unwise giving, but like right. just meeting the needs of others. The bar actually got raised with Jesus. Right. Which is pretty much what always <laughs> that's, happens. Yes, that's a general, yeah. general yeah. principle that follows Jesus. Yeah, so I think... Uh, in terms of doing that to more than church, yes, yeah, be generous. That's that's the general call that God puts on Christians for giving is right. be generous. Yeah, I mean, I think like uh, uh, our family supports a, a kiddo through Compassion mm-hmm. and World Vision. Yep, um, World Vision was back when I was in college, and Compassion was here recently since we've been at North Point. Yeah, um, and I think this kind of plays at that. Like th- that's a way to be able yeah. to do that. You know, it, yep. it's just that generous lifestyle. Those are the things that kind of pop in my mind with this. Yep. Yeah, and. and the the verse after talks about you know if you do this then your barns will be filled with plenty and mm-hmm. obviously you know we know when we're giving we're not giving out of the expectation of right. when I do this God okay. will do this it's so, not an investment plan yes so when I give generously God will fill my barns which means I have to have a barn so I have to go build a barn and then God will, like it's not why we give is to to have that outcome but again the general principle and we know this mm-hmm. you can look it up statistically statistically the people that are more generous are more wealthy. Yeah. That's just how it works out. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. But it's how it works out. 
So it's a general principle. So good on you, Solomon. He knew what he was talking about. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, this last one, Proverbs 3.33, um, talks about the wicked being cursed and the righteous being blessed. Sometimes it seems like it's the other way around. Why is that so? Mm. Um, so I'll read Proverbs 3.33. Uh, and actually, um, I'm going to read a few after because I think it helps explain as well. So this is Romans. or Romans. Oh, <laughs> I like Romans. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs 3.33-35. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor. The fool gets disgrace. <clears throat> Why does it seem like in our world, the wicked, the people that don't care about God, that don't give a hoot about being generous, why does it seem like they're the ones that are always getting ahead, getting promotions, yeah. getting paid? What's that about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing that comes to my mind is the idea of uh, we have our view of how things are supposed to go, um, how we view justice to be. Mm. Um, but man, we don't fully understand justice the proper way, yeah. right? Like, and that's that's what's at play is not everybody who is in the world is just. So right. when the time comes for that, like, there's systems that are broken, there's people that are broken that are in charge of making these decisions. Yep. Um, and there's ways that the reason that people uh, cheat or step on top of other people's is because it can be successful in the short term, you know. Um, so I think I think what's at play there is the idea of understanding that our sense of what is right and wrong and, and justice and, and things, uh, punishment even. Um, yep. Man, we we think it has to be immediate and right now, and we don't always understand yep. that we serve a timeless God, <laughs> right? You know, and, and He's really in control of all things, even when people cheat and steal and hurt and step on others or whatever right. that might be there. Um, if they don't get smacked in the face right away, that doesn't right. mean that right. that it's not coming in some capacity for them or that God's lost control or lying or whatever. Right. Um, it's just that his timing is is perfect and his justice is better. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think that that's why I wanted to read specifically uh, verse 35 because it, it helps begin to build in this perspective of the long term where in the short term, Yes, people that cheat and people that use violence to get ahead or whatever it might be, whatever the wicked do, right. where it seems like they're blessed. Uh, verse 35 says, the wise inherit honor and the fools get disgrace. Mm -hmm. Or a different translation would be, the wise get glory, the fools get shame. Yeah. And so in the long term, what that looks like, is, I mean, we get so focused on our on our day-to-day -day or even just the however long our lives might be, but in the grand scheme of... God's plan for all of history and all of eternity. Right. It's a very small sliver really is. of time where the wicked kind of run around and do their thing, but God promises that every wicked deed will be punished. Right. And if the wise get honor and the fools get shame, and I know what side of the coin I want to be on yeah. when yeah. that happens, when when that judgment finally comes. Uh, and so having in our minds even that right perspective of what blessing looks like. Like, does blessing from God just mean I get promotion, I get ahead, I have the new car in my driveway, I've paid off my house, whatever it might be. And that can look like that. Sure. God does that. Sure. Um, and that's really great. But is that really all that we think about when it comes to the blessing of God? Right. Um, I think it would be wise to to widen our scope 
Yeah, I mean, rela- healthy blessing. relationships, healthy physically. Like, there are right. so many other ways that God blesses besides just finances. Right. And it's easy to get bogged down on, oh, they cheated their way to the top because they have this or that. Yeah, you don't always know what they don't have. Right. Because they got there as well. Right. And that's, that's just a good thing to keep in mind. I'd much rather stay down here, not have the nice car, and have, yep. uh, man, just a really good, healthy relationship with my girls and my wife. Right. Yep. I mean, this this is not at all to, to pat myself on the back, but when Julie and I were early on in our marriage, I was in a job where I got paid really well mm-hmm. and was miserable, Yeah, miserable, and took a pretty significant pay cut to take another job and came to realize, like, oh my gosh, I was, like, clinically depressed. <laughs> like, I was yeah. miserable. I was eating myself to death because yeah. I was just so depressed and didn't want to do anything and then took a big pay cut. But, man, like, being in a job where... I can have lunch with my wife. Yeah. Actually, like, come home for dinner on time and have energy to talk to my wife and, like, build yeah. relationships. Yeah. Like, man, that's such a better blessing than the job I was at before where I got paid really, really well. Right. And hated everything about my life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all we have. Proverbs. Woo. That's it. <laughs> so thanks, not Chris. Yeah. Hey. Very insightful. Uh, not anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you all uh, for submitting questions, uh, for keeping the conversation going. Uh, If you have more questions about Proverbs throughout the week, uh, be sure to submit questions. We'll try to tackle those in the next North Point Plus, uh, and then we'll see you guys next week as we keep the uh, conversation on Proverbs going. 